If you're looking for the steps to success, then you're in the right place. My name is Courtney Steven, and this is the Come Up Podcast. Let's get it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Come Up Podcast. I am your host, Courtney Steven. If you're already a regular listener or you've heard us before, then welcome back. This is season two, and I'm here to bring you more of the steps to success. If you haven't already subscribed on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play, go ahead and do that right now. And don't forget to share this with a friend because you're selfish if you don't. You're just, you're just a bad person. But enough with that. Today, we're here to talk about a little, a little subject, a little tip that I've I learned from one of my football coaches. I guess it's something that I wish I knew when I was younger, but I think it would have made me a lot better basketball player first and foremost, but just translates over into everything. And um, basically my coach told me once upon a time when, when you're trying out or when you're putting yourself on display in front of people to be evaluated, it's so important that you show off what you do best. You got to show off what you do best, right? You got to know what your best move is, what you do better than anybody else, what your specialty is. You've got to polish that, prepare that. And when you get on the big stage, you got to show that off because at the end of the day, specialists are rare. And what is rare is valuable. So it's important that you're able to identify what your special move is, what your go-to move is, and polish that skill and sharpen it to the point where you can execute to the highest level that other people really can't get to, right? So that's that's the main thing I want to talk about today. It's it's finding that elbow jumper. Finding that that spot on the court where when you get there, you know how to heat up and, and knock them down unconscious. It's about identifying your special move. All right. Now, that could be in anything. Maybe you're trying to identify what is your best subject in in school. Right. Maybe you're trying to figure out what's your learning style. Maybe you're trying to figure out what strategy you should use to attack your work so that you're the most productive Maybe you want to find your career path. Maybe you're trying to understand your communication style so that you can be a better leader. Whatever it may be, whatever, whatever field you're in, it's absolutely critical that if you want to rise to the top, be cream of the crop, you want to be able to do this thing like nobody else, you have to identify what is your go-to move. What do you do better than anybody else? Or what is your specialty? that you are going to polish and practice and prepare to use at the highest level. Because like I said, specialists are rare and that which is rare is valuable. All right. So there's, there's four, four steps mainly to getting to this point of mastery where you can separate yourself from the pack and go from being a generalist or somebody who's just an overall great guy, a great person, somebody that people like to the expert, the specialist that people need, the only one who comes to the top of their mind when they got to call on somebody or the, the person who can really deliver in a specific situation because there is a lot more value in the depth of a skill than there is in the breadth of a million different skills, right? So first and foremost, no one knows coming out the womb what they're about to be good at. And I wouldn't say that people are given talents while there are a lot of people who have certain skills that come naturally to them and, and that definitely plays a factor we'd be lying to say that that doesn't play a factor but all of these skills can be honed right these are not things that are impossible for you to to gain 
right? Certain skills are going to be harder to gain than others. Like if you're five foot five, it's going to be really hard for you to be the person who can run up on the basketball court and dunk on everybody. That's just not going to come to you the same way how it could come to somebody who's six foot six. But very rarely are we talking about limitations in things outside of sports. All right. Like your mind is a beautiful thing. And while it may be difficult for you to master certain things, like math might not come to you automatically with a certain amount of practice, dedication and the right strategies to learning, you can definitely make that your go to move. But in order to figure out what your go to move is, in order to figure out what your specialty is going to be, you have to try a lot of different things and see where you gravitate towards. Because since it's going to take so much effort, so much practice, so much time to sharpen that skill, it's important that you find something that is one, you know, a little bit interesting to you. Two, it gives you a reward where you feel like you can actually get better at this thing over time. And, and then three, it's got to be something that is is valuable, it, it, it makes no sense to be the specialist at fluffing pillows unless, you know, that's what you do for a living. And if you're not getting a return on that investment, it's not going to pay off and all the hard work is going to be for not. So it's got to be something that is valuable, something that you can actually see yourself getting better at. And and it's got to be something that you're able to do, you know, that you're able to commit to. So you got to experiment. You got to try things. All right. You got to dabble. You got to go wide first figure out where you're at and then start to drill down. And that's the second step. You got to identify where you're going to gravitate towards. All right. So for me, now, if I could go back in time and play high school basketball all over again, I definitely would have gone to the gym. And instead of just shooting around at the YMCA with my friends, like how we used to do, we used to just get the ball, go there and just, and just hoop, just play ball for hours, 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 hours. We just play ball. You know, we would do different things. We practice, we would dribble, we do layups, we we try dunking the ball, we we shoot threes. But if I had this same strategy, what I would have done is I would have gone to the court and I would have stood on the elbow right there where the foul line, the foul line extended, and I would have just shot 50, 100, 150 shots from that exact same spot over and over and over and over and over again until it was automatic and I could have done it with my eyes closed. Because then when I got into the game, I know that, shoot, I can't hit every single shot, but I know if I get to my spot, I'm automatic. And that's valuable because a specialist is rare and something that is rare is highly valuable. So in, when you can identify what you bring to the table and you can clearly tell people like, look, this is what I do and this is why I do it so good. If I get to this spot on the floor, my shooting percentage is at least 65%. You just got to set a screen, let me come off of that thing and I'm hitting it down. Elbow jumpers all day. If I had that clarity to understand that the deliberate practice of working on one specific, very narrow skill was so highly valuable, I definitely would have went back and changed my practice routine. I would have changed my habits, but I, I hadn't, I didn't have the step of identifying what my best move was or what my go-to move was going to be. So you can eventually have more than one go-to move, right? I mean, you can't have all of them, but you might have to have the crossover that sets up the elbow jumper, right? You might have to be able to roll off of the screen and catch the ball and spot up. 
You might have to be able to do different things, but it all relates back to that one anchor point, that one core specialization, right? For, for another example, I've, I've been reading this book called The Millionaire Real Estate Investor, all right? Now, this isn't necessarily about real estate, but I'm just trying to show you how this translates to other aspects of life. Now, in the book, they talk about there's so many different kinds of real estate that you can buy, sell, hold, and, and make money off of. But you're never going to get to the level where you understand your market well enough to really take it to the next level unless you specialize in a certain type of real estate. Now, if you're trying to look at commercial real estate, you're looking at industrial, you're looking at residential, you're looking at multi, multi-family homes, single, single family homes, all of these different things. Like it's great. You're going to figure out where you, where you think you can play, but eventually you have to narrow it down and just start looking at one type, one category, one section, one neighborhood and really master it, learn it, understand what, what affects the economy here? What affects the decisions that people are making? What is the thing that contributes to my success in here? What are the, the, the nuances that somebody who is new to this are going to overlook, right? Because that's where the depth comes in. Once you identify where you're going to play and what's going to be your go-to move, what's going to be your arena that you dominate, you got to go deep on that. Going deep on that is how you become a specialist and a specialist is rare and what is rare is valuable. It's important no matter where you're at, communication, athletics, business, leadership, you have to understand what's your go-to move and you have to master it. All right. So that's the third thing. After you've experimented, after you've identified, then you've got to practice. And it's not just show up and practice, but it's deliberate practice. It's investing time into the specific skill, the very specific skill. And it's a lot of a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time. Right. That's the thing. Over over years, people become masters. They don't just show up one summer, read three books and then all of a sudden become a guru. It's about learning. It's about practicing and then it's about trying to even regurgitate it and, and spit it back out and teach somebody else or execute it in a game situation or, you know, try things out. But you have to spend the time going through the learning curve. I don't know if any of you have ever actually seen this learning curve. It's a word that they throw around a lot. But if you can imagine a graph. And on the X axis going across the bottom is is the time. Right. It's the amount of it's the amount of effort you put in over time. So as you start on the left, you haven't began. And as you move towards the right, you've spent more time putting in more effort, trying, learning, studying, working on things, practicing. Now, as you start at the bottom, this is your skill level. Obviously, when you start out in the bottom left, you haven't practiced and you have no skills. But as you progress towards the right, this curve starts to slowly, slowly increase and raise up and your skill level goes up slowly at first. And then you hit this magic point where things get exponential, right? And that's where the learning curve really speeds up. So it's like a snowball. At first it's moving really slow. And then at a certain point, the curve starts to go vertical and you start gaining a lot more skill a lot faster because you've began to specialize. You've gone through all the general topics. You've learned the basis, the fundamentals, and now you're dialing in the little things that make the big difference, right? And that's when the learning curve goes straight up. It's going up. You're gaining so much more skill per minute, per day, per year of training. And then as you get towards the top, it starts to level out a little bit more because 
the amount of information is not infinite, but you reach a certain point where the return on your investment for time begins to go back down to a flat level. Now you're going to continue to improve and those little things will make a big difference at that level, but you're not going to be learning the same way how somebody who just started out learned and gained so much. So it's like the shape of a S flat on the bottom, vertical in the middle, and then a little bit more flat on the top. This is the learning curve. All right. So if you want to accelerate your learning curve, the best way to do it is to go through these phases. Like I'm saying in the beginning, you have to be general. You have to learn about a lot of different things, a lot of different variables, the environment, things that play into what is going to allow you to excel. Then you have to dive in deeper. After the width comes the depth. And you have to learn the skill strategies and the tactics that are going to allow you to execute like a specialist like somebody who does it better than everybody else. And that's what's going to take you to the next level. And then you have to continue to execute in real life situations. This is step four. Continue to consistently use your skill because if you don't use it, you will lose it. You have to execute this skill. You have to teach other people. You have to use it in real life on a regular basis and continue to get practical experience using your skill. Once you've identified your skill, you've practiced it and you've executed it, it will become second nature. This will be reflex and it'll be something that you'll be able to do in your sleep. Only at this point, only at this point does it make sense for you to add other specific skills onto your plate after you've mastered one. Now that I know I can knock down that right hand elbow jumper, I know that I can knock that down. Maybe I'll step outside the three point line and do the same thing all over again. Not to say you're never going to practice anything else, but it's like the 80 20 rule, right? 80% of your results are going to come from 20% of your actions and not necessarily 20% of the volume, but 20% of the decision. So if I have a hundred different options of what, what I could practice, only really 20% of those things, two out of 10 of those things are really going to make the biggest impact on my game. Shooting, spot up jumpers and pull up jumpers. Those two things right there are going to be the best for my basketball game, right? Maybe reading books and writing blogs weekly is going to be the best thing for my, you know, communication skills. Maybe going on Facebook live and talking with no script is going to be the best thing for me to work on my presentation skills when I can't necessarily get in front of an audience. Maybe getting on the phone and calling a hundred clients a day is going to be the best way that I can nail my sales routine. All right. Maybe getting on the football field and running. Who, who knows what it is, right? There's a, a bunch of options, but narrow it down. 80-20. A small number of actions that you take will give you the biggest reward if you dive deep enough on them. All right. So that's, that's really what I got for you today. All right. I want you to understand that you have to find your, your go-to move. What is your elbow jumper? What do you do best? Whenever you find out what you do best, show it off. Because the people who are known for a very specific skill are the ones that are held in the highest regard. All right. Warren Buffett. What does he do? He's an investor. You can say that off the top of your head. He makes money. Right. Little things like that. And be known for something. All right. It's great to be as a great person overall, but it's, it's even better to be known for something great. All right. So. That's just another episode of the Come Up Podcast. Let me know what you guys think. Honestly, if you have a go-to move, tell me what your go-to move is. I think that if you got to ask me what my go-to move is on the football field, it's definitely got to be my footwork. It helps me get from point A to point B. 
and everything else is a result of that. You can't make the plays if you can't get to the ball. So that, that's my go-to move off of the field. It's got to be, hmm, I, I like to think it would be my, my communication skills, my ability to get up there with no script and just talk and, and do my thing. But these are things that I've also practiced over a long time. What are your go-to moves? What's your elbow jumper? All right, hit me up on uh, Instagram. Let me know. Make sure you guys swing by CourtneySteven.com and CourtneySteven.com slash podcast if you want to hear more from TCU or you could just go straight to TheComeUpPodcast.com. If you've been rocking with us for over a year now, we salute you. If you're new to Team TCU, welcome. Hope you enjoy your stay. Don't forget to subscribe. Share this with a friend. Don't be selfish. All right. Check in with y'all next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Come Up Podcast. Now, we made it. We're here. We're at the end. That means you were either too lazy to turn this thing off or you actually got something valuable out of this episode. So, that being the case, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Whether you're on Stitcher, Google Play, or iTunes, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating. When you do your thing, that helps us do our thing. We could just keep this whole thing rolling. So, the C. Stevens signing off. For me, Jimmy, and the rest of Team TCU, keep grinding. We'll see you guys next time.